I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Can I suggest you shut up and show more football? Come on, come on. Figure, figure. We've done that f***ing thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. I understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. You're listening to Keys and Grey, the podcast. I am Richard Keys. And I'm the other. I'm Andy Grey. <laughs> there are only so many ways you can do that. I keep there? trying, don't I? Can you imagine I the two runnies down the years? It's a good night from me. And, and it's, it's good, good night from him. Oh, <laughs> isn't there something else you can do, guys? Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is, I don't know, number, do I think we're approaching a half century? And some very exciting news at the end of this podcast okay. about the direction in which we're going week after next. And I can confirm it's forward, not backwards. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, a whole host of different stories this week, Andy, which I've been desperate to get around to talking to you about. Congratulations, first of all, to Jorginho. Yes. Uh, the best player in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, some didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. I didn't. You didn't? No. Champions League winner. Yeah, I know that. But there was another 10 in that team. Uh, yeah. European, you're going to see... You, you, yes. Yeah. I know there was another 10 in that. Another but there's always another 10. But yeah, I know. I, but I just... Honestly, Keezy... I mean, listen, the guy's a good player. He's had a, a very good season uh, out of this world, probably for him. But I, I don't sit here, as I have done for the last 15 years, um, maybe longer, looking at the player of the, the year and imagining in my head all the magnificent things I've seen them do that season, either creatively or scoring goals themselves no, or fair. making saves or whatever. You tell me five good things you remember Jorginho doing. <laughs> Come on, and I mean that. I mean that with respect to kid. It would be difficult to think of one standout players, moment. Players like Jorginho don't normally win best players. So is there an argument they should? Maybe, and maybe this is the proof of the pudding. Um, but if you'd have said to a Chelsea fan twelve months ago, Jorginho's going to be the best player in Europe next year, they'd have laughed, laughed at you because he was having the torrid time as well. Yeah, that's also he was true. in and out the side, couldn't get a game. It was only really after I think after Frank went. 
that uh, he started to play regularly again. Um, we record Fridays. So much can happen today, let alone prior to the window closing. But we will get round to discussing mm. one or two of the um, suggested transfers that are imminent in a moment. But before that, congratulations also to um, Mikhail Antonio. Andy Dunn in the mirror on Friday. It's a fine effort, but your 49-goal record, Mikhail, is made of cardboard, which is a reference, obviously, to the cutout that he went across and yes. celebrated with. Yes. Okay. Now, here's the argument. Go on. Um, uh, he says, uh, Mikel Antonio, a thoroughly likeable guy and a very effective striker, is yeah. billed as a record holder, hailed as some sort of groundbreaker for scoring 49 goals in 160 league appearances for his club. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a fine effort. It was a winger and a fullback before turning to a centre forward. But let's face it, he is a record breaker for one reason only. The top flight of English football changed its name in 1992. Mm -hmm. This has always been a bugbear of mine, as you know. Uh, well, this is why I'm asking you. 49 right. goals. In the 20s and 30s, Vic Watson scored 203 times in 295 appearances for West Ham in the old first division. Mm -hmm. But you were party two. What's happened? Yes, but I wasn't party to saying, right, do you know all you guys that played uh, pre-1992? Your, your achievements don't count anymore. Well, we didn't think it through, did we? No, we didn't. And, and listen, I get that, that they like to hoist up uh, Premier League records, the best Premier League or more appearances in the Premier League than anyone else. Well, every time I hear Harry Kane uh, totted up as, as Tottenham, I think of Jimmy Greaves immediately. Oh. And others, KJ, are you, are you telling me that class. Jimmy Greaves should be forgotten about? No. And, and his record of no, goals should what be I'm forgotten about. We didn't think I don't it through. Get it. When we started, we we started, we we would look at uh, previous fixtures. Do you mm. remember? Yes. And we were always of the opinion that they should only include Premier League games. Mm. So, see, that was not then. That wasn't my decision. That was yours. <laughs> was guilty. You, you were guilty. Right. You were. I said you were. we were. I remember very in the meeting saying, "You, Keezy, come on, no. you can't do that." You went, <laughs> you "Yes, can't. we are." You were very much party to that because we'd started something new and we wanted the yeah. clock to be reset. Yes. So it is that. our fault. Yeah, in many but ways. But as I look back now, I, I get it because it was fresh and it was different. But now, it, I, I would have to say it was a mistake. It was a mistake. Are you trying to tell me Dixie Dean's record should well, be expunged what I'm from Everton's well, history? If, if we follow this to its conclusion, you didn't have a career. I didn't have a career, no. Not at all. No. And I, I, that, that, that can't be right. So, so apologies. I agree with that. And I, I, agree with I that. do agree with Andy Dunn this morning. I think he's absolutely right. Again, it's a column I like reading, mm -hmm. as you know, and mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I enjoy what he has to say on a Friday. And, and that, I think, is very poignant. Uh, Romelu Lukaku. I went to bed last week thinking to myself, when did I last see as an effective performance from a number nine mm -hmm. in the Premier League? <laughs> I thought of Alan Shearer, I thought of Drogba, mm -hmm. and I kind of ended there. Yeah, that I, 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 thought, Diego he was, Costa. I thought he was magnificent. Yeah, that Andy. kind of player. I thought he had an, an unbelievable debut. He, listen, he terrified the two centre-backs. Let's get it straight right yeah. away. Um, and they, they had no idea how to cope with him. They got tight and either fouled him or he shrugged them off because of his, of his strength and his ability to turn. Um, he took them into places they didn't want to go. Um, his goal tells you everything about... How high, and it shows you how football really fundamentally hasn't changed a lot, Keezy. He scored a goal against him. His opening goal for his new Chelsea career, second time round, that would have been coached in my day, that I learned to do. Come short to the ball. Remember Ron Saunders teaching me this and Jim McLean. When you come short to the ball, Andy, get involved in the first um, action. 
I'll use the normal, the modern day words, get involved in the first action, Andy. So I would, I'd come short, look for it, and then pop it off. And as soon as I did that, Jim McLean and Saunders were turn, spin, next time I want to see you is in the penalty area. His goal was exactly that. He came short, linked up the play, mm. spun, and then physically got said to Mary, get out of the way, son, I've got business here. Into the middle of the six-yard box, slid it in, empty goal. Perfect. And you could have been coaching that 30 years ago to somebody, 40 years ago, and that's what Santa Forwards did. And it's supposed to be archaic and dinosaur-like, and people will probably... The modern-day coach who loves all this passing movement, um, all that stuff, will probably look at that and go, oh, yeah, you don't get, you're not going to get many of those goals. Uh, let's wait and see. Mm. Let's wait and see. I thought he was terrific. Um, he was a handful. We knew he would be. Um, he looks, there's a confidence about him that maybe wasn't there at United when he left. Probably wasn't there because he was in and out the side. It didn't go that well for him. But he looked back to what we know he can do. And it looked like Chelsea players suddenly thought, we've got a front man. We've got somebody that might It's funny how everybody wants title. a front man again, isn't it? I, 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 listen, look at City. Look at the mess they're in. Look at the mess they're in. Of their own making. Of their own making. You want Kane, as we've been but saying you try here, to be too clever, and elsewhere, go and buy him. But you try to be too clever. Money. You know, you won the league and you played a lot of games with Jasper Joint without a, a centre-forward or a false nine. Good, carry on. I don't, I, I've said to you, I don't think they win the league without a centre-forward this year. I really don't. Who said, never, City have a lot of good players and might be a problem for United, Arsenal and Chelsea, but that doesn't interest me. I'm only interested in playing for Real Madrid and Barcelona and Valencia. Who later said, you think money is going to change my mind at 30 years old? I don't think so. I don't think this is going to be a problem. If you speak about money, I could go to Qatar. They would probably have more money than Manchester City. It's not about money, it's about the passion. Well, I'm guessing it's Ronaldo. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he going? Well, again, this is what I said. Events could overtake us today. and we, we I, Come on, you, you're the journalist. I don't know, Andy. Mino Raiola, I read, the Sun are reporting this morning that uh, Raiola's also been seen in Paris. Now, I don't think that you have to get on a plane and fly to a city to negotiate the terms of selling a player these days. I think Not Ronaldo. It's a lot, it's a lot more... Smart yes. than that, isn't it? There are many different ways that you can do it rather than... It's why I always laugh when I, I see Sky posting reporters outside training grounds on yeah, transfer deadline day. It's the last place anybody's going to go if you're buying is. or selling a no, player. I know. It's just nonsense. I would go to the local hospital. You've got more <laughs> exactly. chance, you get more chance local, of getting... Private hospital. Private hospitals. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm fascinated in your thoughts. They didn't. We, we discussed it last mm. week and, and, and you weren't sure. But now that City haven't got Harry Kane, mm -hmm. for 25 million, mm -hmm. are you prepared to commit to a 35, 36-year-old? It'll be 36 next month. Who I read today also is asking for 580,000 no. a week. No, 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 I, no. I, 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 125, if those are the figures mentioned, fine. Come and play. Yeah. Well, if money's not important, Cristiano, and you want to end your career in a top league at a top club, then, you know, sign for 200 grand. Mm. Be the highest paid at City if you want. That would be about, what, 300? Three, four hundred. But I wouldn't pay him that, would no, you? No, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. Um, I don't know where he's going to end up. I, I, I get confused with Cristiano at times because he, uh, he does say lots of great things, like you read out there, and things like that. Money's not important. But then, why is he? Why is he not then saying, "I don't need the money"? Do you think Cristiano Ronaldo needs money? No, he earns more from his Instagram account than he does, than he does from playing football. Well, there you go. So I'm with you. I, th I, th the I first think... footballing billionaire. Yeah. So, so go and go and play Finish. at the highest level yeah. you can. He, plainly, he doesn't want to be in Turin. 
No, no. But where else other than Manchester City or Paris? There aren't any options I, why, that I can see. Why would Paris want another one? Well, because Mbappé's obviously going to go to Real Madrid. You think so? So not for, not for the money they've offered. No, but they'll they'll. Listen, we've got a week, Andy. Yeah. I mean, twenty four hours is a long time. But you see, you know the thing about Ronaldo and City and Harry Kane. This is what I don't get. They're prepared. I don't know what Ronaldo would sign for. How many years? He's thirty five. They'd probably give him two years minimum. Mm. So that's another fifty mil plus whatever he earned bonuses and image rights and everything like that. So you're talking about the best part of a hundred mil just for Ronaldo for two years. I'm with you. Why not pay the extra twenty thirty <laughs> mil and get Harry Kane for four years? I don't know. I mean, it's it makes staggering. no sense to me. None. It's almost like, and I read this one of the English papers, it's almost like City went, we're getting Kane. That's a given, right? So we don't need to have a contingency plan. Should it go tits up? Oh, sorry, am I allowed to say no, that? No, of course you are. It's All not right. You say what you like, son. All right, so should it go tits up? We have a contingency plan. We've got someone else. Maybe, maybe like a Danny Ings, let's say, right? Or somebody that's just second level. I agree. Right? Who's, who, who we know is quality in what the What did your mother used to say to you? Pennywise, pound foolish. Yeah, that's it. Pennywise, pound foolish. So I think they've been caught up and I think they've been caught out. I remember hearing the story of Manchester City trying to sign Fan Percy. Mm-hmm. The, 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 oh, the, yeah. Yeah, go and tell us. It's he good. wanted 13 million. That's what he wanted. Wa- wages. Net. Yeah, they all go netto, don't mm-hmm. they? So what does City do? They offer eight. <laughs> The the, the 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 coach who was present in the meeting where the negotiation started said to me later, I have never left a player more convinced that he would sign for us, ever, in all the business deals I've done. He wanted to join Manchester City. Mm-hmm. City knew that. Yeah. So they get clever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not coming for eight. Ten. No. No, it's not. It's 13 yeah. or it's nothing. Right. Twelve. No. At which point the phone rings. Hello, difficult situation, son. Uh, you know. <laughs> It's for, what do you want? 13. Done. Right. And who won them the league next year? He did. That's how to do business. Yeah. When you've got it, Andy, why why, why get clever? Why mess about? I don't get this. These are supposed to be really switched on, uh, clever intellectual businessmen who have done a brilliant job with City and taken it to where it is. But they're, they're missing something. And they could have got one of the best front men in world football, mm. not just England or Europe, in world football for 20 million more than they offered. That they're probably going to pay to Ronaldo. And what on earth were they thinking about and not just pushing it over the line and saying, what is it you want, Daniel? You want 140. We'll give you 140 plus 10. How's that? Okay, deal done. Let's do it. Thanks very much. <laughs> Let's do it. Right. Let's introduce our guest who has to be an... an, an we, 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 we need to make the call and ensure that he has joined us by the time I introduce him, Andy, <laughs> because I'd like to get his reaction to many of the things that I'm going to read. Has to be our most successful overseas export. Import. Export. 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 Ever. We first met him when we were doing the show on Talk Sport. Mm-hmm. We used to have a, a, a section called a Brit Abroad. Brit Abroad. And it was inspired by the fact we got so many European world coaches coming to work in our league that we thought, well, there must be British coaches somewhere else. else. And we just kept finding one after another after found another about 90. after. Oh, dozens of them, all in strange places. We spoke to this guy and he blew us away. And I've been desperate ever since to talk to him. His name is Steve Darby. He was born and raised in Liverpool. <laughs> His family are blue to the core. Are they? Excellent. He's red. What? Yes. <laughs> How that happened, I don't know. No, he can't be, he must have been adopted. coaching record must have been adopted. is extraordinary. So before I read that, let's, let's get on the telephone, Steve Darby. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so Steve, how are you, my friend? All good? Salam alaikum, Kaif Halek, Habibi. Habgala, Tamam, Habibi. Tamam, Shukran. Ahabbek, Habibi, Ahabbek. Mushtaklek, Habibi, Mushtaklek. Now he's lost. That was my Arabic from a long, long time ago. I've left you behind now, son. Oh, by the way, are you going to read out his. I'm going to read, because it is, I said he's probably our most decorated. Export right. ever. Right. And here's here's the evidence. Right. Uh, got his UEFA A license in 1979, became an official FIFA instructor for the Oceania region in 81, an AFC instructor in 1998, was technical director of the Australian Federation between 1990 and 95, moved to Sydney Olympic, left in 98 to coach Johor FA after a, a successful spell, winning the Malaysia and FA Cup and league title. He left in 2001 to take charge of the Vietnamese women's team, who led to a gold medal at the 2001 SEA Games, the first ever gold medal for Vietnam in football. After that, he was appointed youth team coach for Sheffield Wednesday under Terry Orth, left a year later. I don't know why. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, went to Singapore in his four-year tenure as home United boss. Derby led them to a league and cup double in 2003, a semi-final spot in the AFC Cup, also winning the Singapore Cup in 2005. Not done yet. At the end of his home contract, Derby was heavily linked with the vacant Indian manager's post. However, didn't take that job, choosing instead to go to Perak, despite offers from two other Malaysian clubs and a Vietnamese Keezy, club. Keezy, we've only got four minutes left. We, we, we've, got, we've got as much time <laughs> as we like. He led Parak to the Super Cup in 2005, wow. second spot in the league in 2007, Malaysia Cup final in 2008, AFC quarterfinals. <laughs> it was the furthest a Malaysian side had ever gone in the AFC competitions in that time. Still not done. No. In 2008, he was appointed Thailand coach, working with, this is where it gets interesting, 
Peter Reed oh. and Brian Robson. Um, but but this I, I, I could go on. I'm not going to. That's enough. Uh, wow, Steve, how on earth did no, all that start? No, before we, I, I want to, I've got one question to ask him because this has annoyed me. Go on. For the last 48 hours, right? When yeah. you told me we were talking to Steve, yeah, right? How was it? This is the most important question he's going to get today. That you were born into a blue family on Merseyside and end up supporting the Reds. Well, I was born in Anfield. You know, you know the area well, just on the yes. side of Stanley Park, right on Anfield Road. So. Every week, my dad took me either to Everton, which yeah. he wanted me to be. Sensible blue. dad, sensible dad, yeah. Yeah, and because obviously you love football so much, he took me to the Annie Road end the other weekend. You know that was what we did. You know Stanley Park end with me box, Annie Road end with me box, and then you know I was Sorry, brought Steve, up on Steve, Scott, Steve, just Stevens, a minute. Oh, Young, Steve. Vernon, Temple. Yeah. Steve, hold on, hold on, just a minute. When he says my box, he ah. doesn't mean my private box, which no. modern day fans. He means a wooden box. He means a little wooden box yeah. that he used to stand on. That, that's so sorry, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, Steve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a little box behind the behind the behind the wooden the metal barrier. Yeah. yeah. And when they, and when they scored, you used to get absolutely rib rib crushed. But anyway, it was worth it. So um, yeah, brought up on Everton, but the the big thing was I think, and I look back in hindsight, a few people have asked me, including my family, it was Shanks. Because every, something about the man was of, yeah. magical. Yeah, yeah. yeah, can't argue with you. I was looking yeah. for an argument, Steve, but I'm afraid no. <laughs> the, the word <laughs> Shanks has just done me. <laughs> yeah, and I was lucky enough to meet him later in life. And you know the old cliche: "Don't meet your heroes." Throw that out the window. He was everything and more that I wanted. Yeah. Well, what was the first piece of advice he gave you, though? Well, next piece of advice was fascinating. I, I'd watched him. I'd, I'd, in those days, you could go to Melwood and watch them train. It's, yeah. it's about 1978. Yeah. And I got there early one morning because I, I missed them walking around the pitch playing five-a-side and a few sprints because that's what they did in those days. There wasn't that, no sophisticated <laughs> analysis and coaching too much. But I got there early and there was Shanks running around and I thought, this is my chance to speak to God. You know, so I thought, if I don't take it, I'll regret it. You know, I've regretted a few nights in the Grafton in Liverpool. <laughs> you, you two will know about I've never been there. I've never been in the Grafton, you. <laughs> not on Grab a Granny well, Night. Not that I can yeah, remember but, uh, anyway, Steve. <laughs> so I, 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 said to, I said to Shanks, I said, look, you know, I'm Mr. I said Mr. Because you have to, you know, speaking to God. I said, Mr. Shankly, I'm going to Bahrain, my first ever professional job. What advice would you give me? And he just looked at me. And, and every time you speak about Shanks, you've got to put the accent on, haven't you? Yes, you can't of course. help it. Yeah. Yeah. And he just said, ah, son, you've got to learn to make tea. <laughs> and I had no idea what he meant. And it just suddenly clicked. So I had to go and make him a cup of tea. He sat down and got changed. And I won't say we had a conversation. I'll say it was a monologue because yeah. I wasn't dare going to interrupt him. And I really wish I had, you know, those yeah. days. In those days, the mobile phone was at the end of the road in a big red box. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I just listened to the man and he was absolutely magnificent. Oh, he was he was extraordinary. I, I, I Listen, I, I feel very, very fortunate to have spent time with him. Yeah. Not much, um, but just to have been around the guy. What an aura, Steve. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, why or how did a five foot nine yeah. goalkeeper of average ability yeah. find his way around the world winning more trophies abroad than any other British coach? How did that happen? Well, I suppose it's the right place, right time, isn't it? And 
I've been playing in, obviously, you know, I, I was playing 60 games a season in Liverpool in those days, school, boys club, Sunday league. Sunday league was great in those days. You, I got paid 25 quid a game, which was, you know, <laughs> so I loved it. Then, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of money in the 70s, and yeah. it, but it was it was brutal, as you know. Oh, yeah. you, know you, you didn't argue with certain people, <laughs> uh, but you played. And I played for, for Medicide Grammar Schools with a fellow called Steve Coppel, who wasn't bad either. Yeah. And so... I'd gone across the tram I'd been signed like the associate schoolboy thing they called them then in those days and then the coach came up to me a Scottish lad and just looked at me and said son we heard you're going to be good enough to do A-levels and I said yeah yeah, but I didn't want to because I wanted to be a footballer like anything you know in the world and he said no go and do your A-levels you're not going to make it Good yeah. judge that boy. See me jokes yeah. always well, good I, judges was, He was a good judge he said to me you're not going to make it son and I was heartbroken, but he was Thank right you, because in that youth team, nobody really made it. Only one lad sort of kicked on, called Tommy Tynan. Yeah, uh, yeah we remember the rest Tommy played for Tramere. Didn't have league, didn't have league careers really. So what age were you so, when he uh, told one, you this, Steve? What age Sixteen. Sixteen. Right. But you see, Steve, you, you've just mentioned Steve Coppel. You know the difference between yourself and Cop. Steve realised his height was going to be a problem if he wanted to be a goalkeeper. (laughs) (laughs) It seems to me you never quite got the message. That's because Tommy Lawrence was his hero and he wasn't the biggest goalie, was he? (laughs) At five foot nine, only Laurie Civil could have been shorter than you. Yeah, Yeah, it was true. And it wasn't a fellow called Cooper who played as well. Paul Cooper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I I did the A-levels. Then I went and did PE teacher's uh, training. And then... did, did all the FA badges because I was in, in Cullis to do them. Uh, I did me level, they call them, the FA prelim with Jack Charlton and Howard Wilkinson. Wow. Um, my God, that was fiery. That was They, they were fierce, <laughs> but you, you, learned, you learned a lot off them. And then one day out of the blue, I got a phone call. Uh, do you fancy going to Bahrain? You know, to be a full-time coach. Well, I didn't, I always remember, I never talked about the salary because I just said yes. I'm going. You know, that was I'd have swam there if I could. I had to firstly find out where Bahrain yeah, was. Right. I was going to say, you probably <laughs> yeah. didn't know what it was. That would have been my first Not in thought. those days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was to work with a fellow called Jack Mansell, um, who was the national coach. And then a couple of English lads had gone in to be like player coaches with the club sides. And then we, when the national team came in, the league closed down and I went in to work with him. And again, he was a tough, tough taskmaster. He put me in with national team players. I was like 24, and he told me, "Coach them, coach what you want to, coach what you see." I thought it was a big thing in those days. Coach what you see. So I did, and when I was good, he told me, and when I was bad, he told me. Uh, and it was a few, you know, believe me, it was a few times it was bad. That's what made me learn Arabic, because yeah. none of the lads could speak English in those days. Uh, so I thought, and there was no television in Bahrain then, only a bloke reading the Quran from Saudi Arabia, which wasn't the best in the world. So I taught myself Arabic. Uh, I'm still literate. So I used to be able to write my name backwards in Arabic, but I, I lost that art a few years ago. You've done better so, than us. Uh, right? You've done better yeah, than I mean, us. It's, it's so a, hard. It's so, so hard, Steve. It, oh, to, to, to write in is impossible. Oh. But I, I found the words not too bad. So it's still stuck in me. It's, it's had, you know, I can abuse referees now a bit, which is coming <laughs> handy. Because uh, yeah. you, can, you can get away with it. You don't get yellow cards or red cards when you say it in, you know, in Arabic. Why, or better not say it on your station. Why, yeah. why, why was it, Steve, that, that, that English opportunities didn't come? Uh, apart from that one year at Sheffield Wednesday, your whole life has been spent in either the Middle or the Far East. 
why, 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 why did the coaching opportunities at home not materialise? Well, basically, I had a playing career that was sort of cut short by a severe lack of ability. Yeah. And, uh, a bit like Keezy's. You know, <laughs> and height. Height and ability. Yeah. There's two major factors, yeah. You know, I was a great goalkeeper off the ball. You know, so, uh, so the... I was never a star. I never, and in hindsight, never going to be a star. You know, I mean, if attitude and effort counted, I'd have been in goal for Liverpool. Yeah. But ability has to come into it somewhere along the line yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, I, I was never going to make it. And in those days, unless you're a player, there was no no opportunity otherwise. And there was also a lot less coaches and a lot less jobs. And this yeah. is this is in like early seventies. So I just thought I want to be full time. That's all I ever wanted to do in my life was be a full-time footballer. This was a, this is the second best job in the world coaching after playing. Yeah. I think nothing beats playing, you know. No, it doesn't. Uh, so basically I, I I just took the chance and it just went on from there. And what I learned was as a, a foreigner, you've got to win something. And if you win something, you get another contract, you know, and I often tell young coaches, I get loads of coaches now wanting to know what to do abroad and things like that. And the main thing is I say, is win games. Forget anything else. Forget this philosophy, this project rubbish, the cliches. Win football games. Mm. Because football games winning is political power. Because if you win three in a row, you might get more balls for the team or you might get a flight <laughs> rather than a bus or you might get a pay rise, you know. And if you lose three in a row, yeah, if you lose three in a row, you shut up. But yeah. that the problem you're here, get, Steve, you're going to get sacked. Now, I want you to be yeah? serious on this subject because I, I it right. is a serious subject. But also, there is room for a, 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 a half chuckle. Right. Explain to us how it is you can be successful abroad when not half the time, but some of the time, you know full well the result of the match has been decided before the kickoff. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's an unusual concept. I used to think it was black and white. You would cheat or you weren't. <laughs> but to use the to, to use the you know, the cliche here, there's a, certainly a shade of grey involved. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, because if you're doing it to to win to, purely to make money, that's okay. You cheat. I've got no time for you. But you got to, when you meet these lads, some of them have been threatened. Some of them have got pressure on them. Like if you've got three kids and you haven't been paid for four months, uh, what do you do? You know, and and the talk, I mean, the threat one came about to me was very easily. Was I asked one of me, me players, said, "Why did you say no? Why didn't you say no?" And all this, he says, "Coach, they ring you up, they say to you, we'll give you ten grand, we'll say, to fix this game, and you say no, and they just say to you very quietly, does your mum still go shopping at Tesco's on Sunday?' <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, and you just and in the silence. Then I stupidly said, "Well, why didn't you report to the police?" And he burst out laughing and he said, you coach, <laughs> it's all down to the system. Everyone gets a cut up the line. So you, you can't, they can't beat it. And the sad thing is the bottom of the food chain, which is the player, he gets snipered. He gets banned for life. Mm. The big boys at the top do not get caught. And that is a real have, have of you, mine. Have you won games you knew that you shouldn't have done? Have you lost games that you expected you to win? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, well, what, what, what of the truth that, that you've managed players who would say to your coach, I'm yours, but I'm having two games of the season for myself? Well, basically, when you're winning, 
you don't think it's fixed because you think you're a great coach. That's simple <laughs> as that, you know. You, fair, uh, fair but the, the first example, the first example of, of fixing was when I was in Malaysia. I was coming off the pitch at halftime, and an English lad, a very famous English lad, in fact, walked past me and said, "You're going to win two two nil, dabs." <laughs> I said, "How do you know?" He said, "They don't think I can speak, you know, Bahasa." He said, "But I can." We ended up, we scored in the 84th and the 89th. Now, that didn't give us a time to get the third, and we didn't want a third because, you know, 2 nils is enough to win. They were never going to score, they de- they decided, because they needed a two-goal spread. Because that's what you've got to learn. It's wow. not about winning or losing. It's about either spot fixing yeah. or spreads or how many goals. They call it ball over and ball under and things like this. And it was a education. I've lost a few. Now, some... I've blamed the bookies because it was down to my coaching, but it was easier to blame the bookies. But uh, there was certainly one. We, we were playing away and we were getting beat with five minutes ago, getting beat 2-1. And I've accepted that. That was a fair result. I'd have been delighted with the draw. Corner comes in. My keeper flicks it in his own net. Okay, that's 3-1. Last minute, 40-yard shot. And he's dipping and swerving and it whips into the net. Okay, 4-1. Didn't deserve that, but that's life. Watch the video the next day, or VHS in those days it was. <laughs> and I realised the ball was the ball was straight. It's my goalkeeper who was swerving. <laughs> <laughs> so I pull I pull the captain in, who I thought was honest, which another mistake I made. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he said to me, Coach, didn't you realise we tried to win, which I thought they did. He said, but we'd all had a bet on before the game that if we were going to lose, we had to lose by three goals because that would have got us the same amount as the winning bonus. And it was a logic, it was a different logic. You know, you don't play in Liverpool Sunday League and throw soft goals in. No. You know, so you, you basically, that, I, had to, I had to learn about that. But I mean, a goalkeeper come up to me, well, he would come up to my, one of my best mates coaching and he was a top goalkeeper in the league. He said, two games are mine, coach, but don't worry, they'll be away from home so there won't be any pressure on you. <laughs> you Thank <know>? you. And, <laughs> Thanks, big yeah. man. It's very good of you. Yeah. So <laughs> what a great he, had to, he, he had to weigh up me, man. He said, well, what do I do? He probably won us 10, 12 games yeah. a year on his own. Yeah. But two of them were his, and he said, why are you doing it? He said, oh, my kids are in private school. I want to look after them. And these two games will pay for the year's wow. private school fees. Steve, let me ask you, how, how high up yeah. the food chain do you think this goes? Oh, the highest level you can think of, without a doubt. And I mean, you know, that, no. that's the biggest you, one. You're, you not, can't talk, prove you're not talking Premier League status, surely? Well, I think it this way. It's certainly, if you look at the research, there's a fellow called Declan Hill who wrote a book called The Fix, yeah. and he's an academic researcher on it. Right. And it was going on. Liverpool have done it, Man United have done it. Not recently, obviously, in the old days when money was different. I think now the Premier League isn't fixed because they can't afford to fix a player. Simple as that, because uh, it, they, they earn too much money. Yeah, but there is one vulnerable person on that pitch. And he's wearing black usually, or they wear yellow or green sometimes now. But you know, they're not earning a fortune. And some of the things I've seen, I'm, I'm, I'm perhaps because I'm cynical now. That's it. But I, I have cut out examples from a World Cup game where I'm certain that knowing match fixing now that this this team in a World Cup game fixed it. 
because it's not when the goalkeeper lets the ball through his legs. That's just my level. You know, it's it's when he makes a great save and palms it out into the path of the forward, or he throws it to another, a, a, a player who, whose first touch is five yards away and things like this. So, I, so I, sorry, Steve, get, what you're saying is yep. it, it it actually requires good players to oh, to cover up I mean, what actually what what they what they're doing, not not daft players that just run in the wrong direction of the ball. Yeah, the bad players can't do it. It's, it's the good players. They're right usually down the spine of the team, uh, and they are, you know, the the quality. I I had won the team I was at the last one. The last teams I was at in Malaysia, my centre back was an international, not from Malaysian. He was a foreign international, and he was brilliant at it. I didn't realise till later he was fixing. I found and I watched the games. It's what he didn't do. He didn't pick somebody up in the box. You know, when he should have yeah, picked them that's up. Clever. That's clever. You know, well, and I, it was I just, that's it, clever. I'm, I'm now, I, I, I find myself... Um, but by the way, there's no such thing as a cynic. You've been there, Steve. You've seen it. You're a realist. Oh, yeah. You're a realist. I've, I've, so you I've can I've talk with experience. I've lost games. Yeah, absolutely. I've had mates who've lost games. I'm yeah, not condoning it when I say, yeah, that's clever. What what I'm saying is, yeah. uh, I get it. That, that yeah. the, the, the top boys are smarter. Um, is yeah. it still going on? And if it is, to what degree? Well, again, it's certainly still going on in Asia. And it went on recently in Australia. And it's apparently it's gone in non-league in England. where It all comes out. While there's money in the game, there will be corruption. Mm. You know, simple as that. Uh, I mean, it's... And, and you look at the money aspect. We had one game in Singapore, which you know quite well, that area there, mm. where... They had a, it's a legal government. The government won the betting. That's no problem. And in one game, if you scored nine goals in the game or you got nine goals, it was 28 to one. We won seven two. <laughs> and I, when the when the seventh two when the seventh goal went in, I saw about three hundred lads walk out the other side. And I said to my assistant, because I always had local assistants. I said, what's happening? Why are they going to... Oh, they've got the nine goals, coach. It was fixed, obviously. <laughs> so it was nothing. And that meant... And it, I found out a year later, their goalkeeper had put on 2,000. So he got 56 grand for the game. Wow. Which was twice his, his yearly salary. Now, they were going to lose the game anyway, because we were going to win, because we had the best side in the league. And I watched the video again, and I realised he didn't make any mistakes. But what he was doing was... He was always a little bit to the wrong side of the angles. Angles are bad, and I had a Brazilian lad up front who could put the ball into his, you know, in a sixpence, and he was just put, passing it into the corners of the net. You see, this, this is and, when, when this, this is what you mean when you're talking about shades of grey. It isn't yeah. black and white. It, it's about survival sometimes, isn't yeah. it? And, and therefore, as you say, when there are the rewards available to the boys, it, it's really hard to say no. I, 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 I mean. <laughs> Again, I'm not condoning well, it. I'm understanding yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was in Laos, we, we played we played Korea. Well, we were on the same pitch as Korea, I might say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we were we were in there. I mean, you talk about tactics. Oh, you know, I was it was 28 minutes before their keeper touched the ball. That was a back pass. You know, uh, so we so you're quite defensive back. that day, then, Steve. <laughs> yeah, but one of me, one of me, one of me brighter lads worked it out and said. Son Hon Ming was playing. What a what a player, you know. So Son was playing, and he earned more in a week than the, all of my first eleven did put together for a year. <laughs> you know? So that's that's what you've got to put it in perspective. 
And it's like, but Son was a great lad. He come out after the game, come up to me and said, thank you, coach, and see what you were trying to do. Because what I tried to do was I tried to get one of my players to kick him on the halfway line. Because <laughs> I, thought he, I thought he might go off because he had a Premier League game at the weekend. <laughs> Good thinking. So, yeah, but he didn't. Cause, and and the, lad who, the lad who tried, come up, spoke to me, and he said, Coach, I couldn't get near him. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. He said, I said, don't worry. Okay, I understand. You know, it was like, uh, it was like when I... When I was at Tranmere once, we played against Liverpool youth, and Phil Thompson was playing for the opposite, you know, for Liverpool. We couldn't get near him. What, well, Tomo? Just like, Tomo, oh, Tomo. come yeah. on. The second time, he needed, yeah. by the way, he'll be delighted if he's listening to this. Yeah. No one's ever said that hey. about Tomo before. Tomo needed a runway like, for his second like, touch. It was middle of midfield. <laughs> it was like a force field around get him. Off. <laughs> get uh, off, yeah. Tomo. Right, lost, okay, in, in the no, time that we've got left, what was it like working with, and I'm not going to say for, with... Peter Reid oh, yes. and Brian Robson. An absolute education, both on and off the pitch. I was going to say off the pitch, I get that, because I know them both very well. We both know them very well. So get off the pitch. But, but did you learn yeah, anything but, on the pitch? Oh, I mean, certainly. First thing is, both real football hey, hey, men, way, to use the, the correct phrase, yeah, yeah. and both love the game. Yeah. You know, they, they loved the game as they did when they were kids, you could tell. Yeah. Never missed a session. Every session was organised. It was really good. Like for example, Reedy, you know, he taught me about managing upwards. It's not often you get a lad from Heighton who had the Prime Minister of Thailand in his back pocket. You know, but he, that's point. what he, and he's he very did. good at that. Yeah. yeah, he is very good. Yeah. He understands and that. Then, yeah. yeah, and then we were watching on the on the bus trips away. I'd put uh, I put a video on usually, and the f- first t- trip away with Reedy, I put in. Argentina against England, and and it, nothing happened. And then the cap, the cap, the captain came up the bus and whispered into my ear, "Coach, him, him." I said, "Yeah, him, him." Next minute, he shouted something out in Thai. Then about twenty-five lads came to the front of the bus. You played Diego. Why you no catch? Why you no catch? <laughs> <laughs> And of course, we had, we were walking one day down down the street in in Bangkok with, with I was walking with Robbo, and we saw in front of us a lad with a Man United shirt on, number seven on his back, on the name Lobson, L O B S O N, and the poor lad had thought that's how you spelled it because that's how they said it then. But I mean, hey, what Did a he... player! I put Robbo in a practice match once, yeah. and it was the first team against you know, the reserves in the national team, and. The, the middle and midfield come off and say, Coach, he's the best player on the team. He's 56. Yeah. You know, and he, he ran the show at 56. You know, what a player. So the next session, I got me midfield lad to shadow him. And he came off and said, after 13 minutes, he said, Coach, the ball comes to him. He's like a ball magnet. You know, the tie, mm. the tie translation of ball magnet. You know, but we had, you know, we had match fixing there. You know, usually in our favour in Thailand. But uh, the scariest moment was we were in Iran and it was nil-nil. There was 100,000 people in the stadium. Oh, wow. And I looked at Robbo and said, my God, I hope we lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and Tell fortunately, we did. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Fortunately, we, we, we got beat 1-0 because you know, it, it was absolutely petrified you know, over there. Yeah. So, uh, but, I mean, two great blokes. Taught me a lot. Lots of little things you didn't realise. How to handle the media, how to handle, manage upwards, you know. And, of course, on the park, they could see things, wonderful things, you know. Do you think the Premier League has stopped British coaches needing to go abroad or wanting to go abroad, Steve? Do you think it's been well, detrimental? 
in that respect? There's more jobs now, which is great for lads. You know, you know, some of them. I mean, some of these analysts are hilarious. I'm still looking for this half space. <laughs> I've never found it yet. You know, and uh, and to, to me, the only the only philosopher I, I reckon was Socrates, who played for Brazil. You know, I, I can't. You know, yeah. oh, I'm, but I see. You know, I see someone like Sean Dykes doing a fantastic job. And I see some of the con men, uh, and I use that word. I'm, obviously, you can't name them because it's out of order. Who am I to say uh, someone in the Premier League is a con man? But I've, I've heard of from players that these fellas, particularly Portuguese, I don't mean Jose, you know, particularly Portuguese, who are absolute rogues and con men. They've got no idea. They've just got a great agent, and they get away with murder. When there's genuinely good lads and I, and I also include foreigners like your Klops obviously you know, uh, and Tuchel they seem to be really top operators uh, but I mean it's I work on the view that there's better coaches than me unemployed and there's some absolute common and rogues have made millions out of the game so if you, you can't worry about it No, you just have to accept it because that's life you know it might be the same in the commentary game you know there's people you must see nicking a living you know, and uh, <laughs> well, uh, there is well, an industry there, yeah. Steve. There is an industry, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a book, Steve, is there not? Uh, you've written down many of your uh, overseas experiences. What's it called, and where is it available? Yeah, well, it's, it's coming out soon. Uh, a lad called Anthony Sutton, who's known as Jakarta Casual, who's a football fanatic, he approached me and said, Can I write your life story? I said, Yeah, because I've had a few people say that. And then they never, never they'll follow through. But this lad, he's taken over about eighteen months to do it, and he's he's ranked people, he's researched it, he's found the bad sides as well, you know. Uh, and I said to him, "Look, the things I can't talk about because my mum's still alive." <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's, so, that's <laughs> very good analogy. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So it's called the itinerant coach. And at first I thought he meant, I can't read all right. You know, I <laughs> didn't know what I it meant. You know, uh, then I found, you know, it's basically that someone who's just travelled around and I've been in the right place, the right time, been dead lucky. I've got to, you know, I, I always think I've been lucky that I wake Wait, up no, every morning I, no, when I was working. No, no Steve, yeah. hold on again. I'm sorry. No, you haven't been lucky. Make your own you, luck. You, you made your own luck. Yeah. You, you got a call out of the blue and somebody said, come to Bahrain. You said yes. Now, all right, the, 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 the generation of the call may have been a little fortuitous, but you had the courage to say yes. Mm -hmm. So you forced luck. You shouldn't, you shouldn't dismiss a fabulous career by saying you've been dead lucky. You haven't. You've worked at it and you've worked hard. Well, I, I, I have to admit I've worked hard. The hardest part was... Singapore, where I was doing almost full time on television work as well, you know, because in those days, you know, imagine, you know it was the, the European Games yeah. in the middle of the morning, you know, the middle of three in the morning. Mm. So I was going straight from training, from, from the get from the TV with ESPN, straight to training at eight in the morning. And one day I went with, I forgot to take my makeup off. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lot of that getting, one, yeah. Got, I'm guessing you were working with our mate, uh, you'd have been working with John Dykes, presumably. Yeah, with Dykes, yeah, I yeah. worked with Dykes. Good lad, great lad. Uh, and, I mean, there was some uh, people like John Beresford, Jenny, Jerry Armstrong, yes. Paul Walsh, Yeah, really, really, you know, they took their work seriously, those lads, you know. Yeah. Uh, I first met Robbo over there. You know, he used to come over. I mean, you get 
all sorts of lads come over, but most of them were dedicated pros. Like your Beresford and your Walshies did their homework. Gary Armstrong did his homework. You know, which yeah, you see, I, I, I had. It's the one, one thing I always wanted to do, uh, uh, Steve. That 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 that, that I, I was, of course, uh, stuck. Stuck. It's not the right word. I was I was a domestic broadcaster week in week out. And I used to I used to hear tales and the boys came back. You know, Barnsley had, had been to various different places in the yeah. world. And I used to say to myself, you know, I, one thing before I finish, I need to go and work elsewhere. South Africa and somewhere. Yeah. And and Singapore, this is why yeah. I love being in Qatar. I love working for BN Sports yeah. because it's a. You know, at, at, a, at a probably a time of the life I should be retired, Steve. It's it, I absolutely love it. Excuse me, not thinking about that. <laughs> Last question, then. Where in the world are you? Right, I'm in. I'm in the posh part of Liverpool on the Wirral now. No, because uh, yeah, because basically, <laughs> I'm born in Anfield, but that that place is a bit like Syria and Lebanon now. And no. I mean, I'm, I moved my mum across here because it's a bit safer for yeah, her. You're in the That's posh side. Yeah, that's the reason now I'm back here. Uh, basically, my mum was you know, getting on a bit, so it's about time you got to do the right thing. Yes. Uh, and one of the things I was, well, again, I, while I was coaching, I tried to keep up the education because you know you're going to get sacked. Mm. You know, Reedy once told me, you either get sacked or you resign. Mm. And he's dead right, isn't he? You know? So I, I train, I teach handicapped kids, so I've, oh, I've been working, I teach special needs kids, nice. which... Having coached some of the lads I've coached, it's quite similar. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, 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 and when you've coached Lau in the World Cup, believe me, <laughs> you know, getting out your own half was an achievement. <laughs> Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I, I rather suspect the book is going to stir up a lot more of, of these same calls. Yes. Um, I, I'm surprised that you haven't uh, you haven't been the recipient of requests to this point, but. Um, having listened to you for the last 30 minutes or so, I, I think that's going to be the case. Be more specific. Which, which part of the Wirral? It's part of the world I know well. Oxton. Yeah, nice. You know Oxton? Yeah, nice. Posh. Yeah. Posh. I, lived, I, I lived in Irby. Is that posh? Oh, yeah, yes. Down yes, the road. yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, not yeah. posh. No. Not posh. Well, no, it's lovely. Uh -huh. <laughs> Irby Village is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I was on the... Oxton yeah. or Irby, what's the poshest? Uh, Oxton. Oxton. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where the one money one goes. Benefit, I mean... Oh, but I promise you, it doesn't come from match fixing. <laughs> Steve, Steve, thank you for your time. Thanks, it's been Steve. an absolute pleasure. Cheers, Al. I Cheers, love, love the show. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thank Cheers. you, buddy. What a good lad. Honestly, yeah. what a good lad. I, I, I look at you and I, when he's talking about the fixing, there is not a, there's not a bone in your body would find that acceptable, is there, as no. a player? No, no, no. Not no. a bone. No. But... Do you understand when, when, yes. when a player of a certain level can make two years' money by conceding two more goals in a football match he's going to lose anyway, allows that to happen? Of course you can. You can. I was going to say you understand. Yeah, I can't understand. You're right. But I get it. When he was talking about that, these guys um, are earning deadly squats. Mm. They get an opportunity to financially make the family secure for the next two years or put the kids through private school, things that they would never be able to dream of doing. Of course the temptation is there. It must be, and it must be hard to resist. Plus the fact, not just that, but if people are being threatened, if families are being threatened, it puts you in a terrible position. Very much. Unbelievable. Yeah, and, and listen, over the years with you, in, in the last 10, 12 years in particular, when we've talked about this match fixing, um, yes, 
you have to accept it in, in other countries. That's why I asked him how high up the food chain mm. does he think it goes. And I, I was pleased to hear him say that in the big leagues now, you, you can't afford to. Break no, there's too guys. much. The boys there's too, too much, much money. money they earn too much to, money yeah, to be. Absolutely. But as I said to you just off air there, we you have to think that teams in Division Two and Division One in, in England even they don't earn that much money. No. These boys, no, not enough. So if somebody was coming along and offering them fifty, a hundred grand to just manipulate a football match it would be really difficult I've always said it's like drugs in sport if you don't shine the torch yeah. too brightly in the yeah. corner you, 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 you haven't yeah. got a problem when you go yeah. looking you, you've then got to sort it out so if, if we if we kind of live with it which yeah. they appear to do they so to in do. part of the world in mm. which Steve has worked mm. then who are we to say that that's not right yeah. anyway um, this is the we're going to take a is, is the word hiatus oh by yeah. the way our Portuguese colleague here yeah. who's in charge yeah. of all the, the, yeah. the yeah. technical yeah. operation yeah. my goodness he started blinking when he when yeah he was one of the Portuguese yes. uh, yeah. no good rubbish and all that <laughs> well I'll tell you what yes. Cat cataplana and a, a glass of wine on the yeah. way yes, yeah I, I love a good Portuguese cataplana <laughs> you can't beat it yeah but what about, what about uh, my countrymen upsetting the Portuguese <laughs> <laughs> about your sandwich oh Gordon Ramsay yes. oh scandalous isn't that ridiculous absolutely dare Gordon you, no you've got that wrong okay. now I've just talked to Luis this morning I said is it the proper he said it's a mess he's made a complete mess of our sandwich of course how dare he tell us how to make well, a sandwich you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want an Englishman going to Glasgow and, and reinventing the play piece would you no or, or haggis no stay away from our haggis there it's ours yeah there you go Gordon uh, stay away from the sandwich we won't, yours. <laughs> we won't be here next week when we come back It'll be in a very, very exciting new format. Mm -hmm. I, I would encourage, now you found us, continue to listen and tell your mates. Keys and Grey Pod is the best place to get in touch uh, via Instagram. But um, two weeks from now, uh, we, are, yeah. we are... International break. Yes, correct. Um, but, but back with some really exciting news. Thank you for your company today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.